again, I'll read from 1 Peter 4 and 10. As every man hath received the gift, every man. Now, we know that's not gender exclusive. It's gender inclusive. Not just men receive gift. That's, it's both. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Brother Joe, why don't you pray over tonight's lesson, if you would, please. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one last time and thank God for all He's done in our lives. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. As every man has received the gift, every man. And so I I would like to teach on uh, this thought, and and, uh, I think my titles sometimes are just kind of just straightforward and right on the nose, but this thought, we need you. We need you. Every man. We all have some gift living inside of us. And if we have a gift, which we do, then God has called us to use that to bless one another. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And I want to talk about some practical aspects of that. Being used of God is a very wonderful, it's, a, uh, it's very fulfilling both to the person who is served and to the person who is doing the serving. Uh, I've said this before, there are three types of servants or people who give. There are those who give and serve begrudgingly. They do it out of obligation. They don't want to. Maybe they grumble about it. I don't want to be here to put out tables. i got plenty of people who put out tables. I'm church clean day, I tell you what. And you can just, even if they don't say that, sometimes you can just kind of, kind of feel that from, from, uh, from other people. Uh, and so they, they do it out of obligation, but at least they do something. And then there are those uh, who serve because of what it brings them. Now, we see this on YouTube, on TikTok, on Facebook all the time. Someone who gives someone $1,000, I want to give you $1,000 to your business. Well, that $1,000 is a business expense for all the followers and money that that person is going to make. You know, Jesus had something to say about people who publicize their good deeds and it wasn't good, you know, and, and so now I think sometimes people can post a story or say something about someone else, and it can be uplifting, and, and that's okay, but we certainly live in a world of people who do for others, but a lot of times they do that for the, because it makes them feel, they say it makes it feel, feel good, it's so rewarding, it's so fulfilling, and that's true, and that's not really a terrible reason to give, but I, I think it's good if we all strive to be like the third type of giver, and those that, those, that, that, is, that is those who serve and give because it's the right thing to do. Not because I get something out of it, but because someone else gets something out of it. Now, I'll, I'll admit there was one time I found a little baby bunny on the, on the, on the ground. And I like to video everything. That's just what I do. Uh, and so I, 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 I picked it up and it didn't do much. And then I went back out there and it was still there and it was kind of hopping towards me. And I kind of videoed this whole process and I took it to a shelter and 
and, uh, and they were able to accept it, and so it lived on the, the, the farm with the other bunnies for, for, you know, for the rest of its days because it had apparently been abandoned by its mother. Uh, and I videoed that. I thought it was a neat experience, and I think we've all done things like that from time to time. It's not a terrible thing. Uh, you know, God, God knows our hearts. God, God knows what we do. But to do things just for the reward of having it publicized and receiving recognition is not the greatest motive. And I pray that I can, we all can become the kind of, of servant to do it just because you get a blessing. I want you to get a blessing. I want you to get what you need. I, I want you to become better. And seeing someone become better, if we were involved in that, that's a blessing in and of itself. Uh, as parents, we certainly want our kids to turn out better than, than we ever did. And so uh, others are, of course, also benefited uh, in some very important and unique ways. And that is the primary reason that we serve. Uh, regardless of who does the serving... As many people as there are in here, that's how many unique ways there are to be blessed by, uh, by someone. Because all of us um, are, uh, are unique. We are individuals. And like I said, it is okay and it is good that serving benefits the server. It, you, we grow closer to God. That's one of the great things about serving God and, and doing things for the Lord. We grow closer to Him. There's a whole sermon in that, lesson in that in itself. We also, we grow in peace and in faith. When we do things for the Lord, uh, perhaps something new, perhaps something we've been doing for a long time, it's a very wonderful experience. We, when we see how it affects other people, that increases our faith. That increases our peace. When, uh, whenever I see young people who I had in my class Long ago, I've got one here tonight who was uh, in, in our class years ago, uh, still living for the Lord. That, that, is, that is an encouragement to me to see Brother Hines serving the Lord and doing things for the Lord. Now, I, I'm not taking credit for that, obviously, but it's still a blessing that I just got to be a part of that. Not credit, but it's still a blessing, and it is okay that that makes me feel good. It is okay that if you do something for the Lord and it makes you feel good, as long as that is not the primary reason, uh, we're going to get blessed for the service that we do. We're going to get rewarded for the things we do, both here and in the next life. That's good, and that is okay. You see, God uses all types of people, and, and this is one of the things I really want to focus on. God uses all types of people. God uses people who are born to, uh, born to be leaders. We see that, okay? But He also uses people who are not born to be leaders. We all have individual uh, temperaments. We all have pers personalities. And I'm not here to give a, uh, any kind of psychology lesson or anything like that, but we're all different. We all have our own nature. You know, our behavior might change. Our personalities might even change. But our, our temperament, our nature that's basically fixed and throughout life. It's like, parents, are, are there things that your kids do now uh, at, at a young age that they did, that they still do when they're older, that they've always been like that? You, you know what I mean? That the, that the way they were from the womb, you know, there are differences between that one and that one that we recognized before they were born that are still true to this day. And, uh, and, and so they will always be like that. For example, if you're truly an introvert, you will always be an introvert. That's just the way it is. I, 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 it's unfortunate that that word introvert, um, you know, has um, 
kind of a negative connotation. But the thing is, God made introverts and he did it on purpose. You know, even twins who, you know, they have the same DNA. The, the nature, that core inner nature transcends DNA. It's something that cannot be explained. Twins will have completely different, uh, uh, not just personalities, but temperaments. One might be very introverted. The other might be very extroverted. And, and uh, if, you have, uh, if you have nine children with different temperaments, if you have another child, you will have ten children with different temperaments. They may have some things in common, and, and, and you know, we, we, we see things in common that our children have. Mine have some things in common, but, but at their core, their nature, a lot of things are very, uh, are very different. And those who, um, those who are very introverted, let me tell you something about introverts. Introverts are great thinkers. They're excellent thinkers. They sometimes have a mind that will not shut off. I heard one person put it like this. You know, extroverts are people who get their energy from being around other people, and introverts don't like you. Now, that's not necessarily true, okay? That's not necessarily the case. I thought that was kind of a, a funny observation, but my wife is the single most introverted person I have ever known. I have scientific evidence <laughs> that my wife is, 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 is as introverted as it gets. But you all know her, She'll, she talks, she does things, she teaches, uh, you know, she enjoys talking to other people. Uh, however, you know, at her job, she's with people all day long, so she requires a lot of downtime, a lot of alone time, a lot of me time at the end of the day to regain her emotional energies, and that's, that's how she gets that. God made her that way on purpose. Do we have extroverts in here? Any extroverts? We know, yeah, okay. Okay. There's, there's, there's personality that to match the, the temperament here, okay? We are glad God made you that way, okay? You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but are there any introverts who are, who are willing to? We are glad you are that way. We are glad that, you, that God made you that way. You see, introverted people tend to be very creative. Now, I like to, I'm, I'm not introverted. I'm fairly extroverted. I like to say that I'm creative, but I'm not a real truly creative type because most of my ideas are absolute garbage. I will go through 99 really horrible, terrible ideas before I can get to one. I've, I've, I've written some little kids' songs and some little, little things before. I've written some really, really awful ones, okay? So ask her, some that were really bad. I said, I've got this idea for a song, and I'm writing. I'm like, this is, this is just dumb. This is a terrible idea. Or, or I have a, an idea for, for a lesson or something. I think, this is great. And it wasn't great, okay? So you know, people say, you know, well, you, the things you do with the kids, that is 30 years of, work, of learning what does not work, okay? That's what that is, okay? But uh, whenever you see the decorations that, that we do for, the, for the, uh, our children's services, like we'll do next week, my wife normally does that. She's very creative. She does things with noodles and, uh, and balloons and things that I, I didn't think of. And she's got a cricket, you know, the little cutting thing. She loves her cricket because, boy, some ideas can be realized when it comes to that. The things that she puts together, go to her Sunday school class and, and look at her door, look at her wall. That's all her. She's very good at those types of things. Uh, extroverts generally are just not that good at those types of things. What they are good at often is executing the ideas that introverts came up with and very often taking credit for it. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, people see the things that I just, I want everybody to know what my wife does because, 
You know, behind every good man is a woman that's not out front because her ego doesn't require it like a man's ego does. That's basically how that works. And so, but whatever your temperament type is, God can do something with that. It doesn't always have to be out front, in front of people, one-on-one. It can be ideas that you create, things that you come go to your pastor with, and you say, I've got an idea for something that we can do. And then pastor says, okay, let's try that. Now, you may have to, as we say, step out of your comfort zone to kind of get that thing going, uh, and that's, you know, that's, that, that's okay, uh, and that can help, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little more as we go along. Uh, another thing, there are people who, who uh, make great leaders. Like I said, people, uh, there are certain temperament types where people enjoy being in charge. They enjoy influencing others. They enjoy, uh, in, to some, in, a, in a way, controlling others. I don't mean manipulating and, and that kind of thing. And, and they may enjoy influencing others, in fact, more than they like being influenced themselves. Now, we're, whatever our nature is, it's not perfect. There, there are imperfections with, with all of that, and there are things that we have to learn. But, you know, people with that type of uh, nature, they, they make excellent leaders. They can take on leadership responsibilities that will make other people absolutely cringe, okay? And I know some people like that. And, um, and you think, you know, they, there's a temperament type. It's really interesting to me that they like to control other people, but they accept almost no control or influence over themselves. Now you think, what do you think? Sociopath, right? Well, no, not exactly, okay? That's how God made them. And there's certainly, like I said, things that they have to learn, but those people are, are born leaders. They, they are excellent at taking on a, a lot of responsibility. <clears throat> now, not everyone's like that. There are some people who don't want to influence others at all. They don't want to be in charge at all. In fact, a lot of times they want someone else to make a lot of the decisions for them. You know, you know, honey, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't want to decide. You decide. Okay, I don't know. Where do you? So, you know, that kind of thing. Those people are followers, and we need them. If you are not a leader, if you don't want to be a leader, if you don't want to be in charge, that is okay. If you want other people to make uh, some of the decisions for you in your life, that's okay. Now, obviously, we, you know, we need to learn how to uh, temper that and how to uh, not be too heavily influenced by others. And whatever our nature is, there are certainly many things that we need to learn. But one of the great things about that is that they make great followers. They're by-the-book kind of people. Anybody know someone who, who is a by-the-book kind of person? They just do things. If there's, a, if there's a rule, you have to follow the rule. You have to do it that certain way. This is the way. You, you can't do it differently. This is what the teacher said. Are you crazy? What is wrong with you? This is the rule. This is what the instruction manual says. They have no interest in writing the instruction manual. They have no interest in being a part of putting the manual together. But once the manual is put together, they want to follow it. Now, every leader, generally speaking, needs to know how to follow, but followers do not need to learn how to lead. We give a lot of credit to leaders. We, we admire them, and, and we, we honor them, and, and that's fine, but if everyone wanted to be a leader, we would get nowhere. We need followers. We need people who are less creative. We need people who just want to go by the rules. We need people who just want to do what they're told. And, and those people make excellent workers, excellent servants. And if, if that's the kind of person you are, we want you to be that way. God made you that way. And again, he did it on purpose. First uh, Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in 
particular, members in particular, the church and the individual lack and suffer needlessly when we do not serve with the gifts that God has given us. All of us, all of us, all of us, because that's what the Word says, and that is certainly my experience and observation. All of us have some capability, something special that we can do. I talked to a lady once, and she said she, she has this thing that, that she likes to do. She'll be in a, in a store, Walmart or, or wherever, and sometimes the Lord moves on her to just share something positive with someone. And she's gone up to people and said, you know, I, I, I thought this, uh, uh, I wanted you to know, I, I felt like the Lord wants me to let you know that, that He's going to help you in your situation. Or I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I just want to, and they, she would just say something encouraging to them. And time after time, people would respond with, how did you know? You know, how did you, well, when we, and I'll get to this also, when we show God that we want to work for Him and we do something, He has a way of nudging us in the right direction. Now, I, none of you know who this person is. None of you know have seen this in action, and we don't need to see that in action because it's not for us. It's for the other people that, they, that this person is ministering to. And, of course, this person also does other work for the church and, and the, the church that they attend. Uh, but that's, that's what they do. They were willing, and they moved because they are a member. Now, if this person did not do that, it would be like missing a pinky toe, Okay. I don't know if you've ever met somebody who tried to walk without a pinky toe, but they can't walk as good without a pinky toe. You know, it sounds trivial, but if you lose a, a, a body part, you have to adjust to that. You, you, have, to, uh, you have to do something differently. You know, uh, there was, a, there was a, a really kind of a grim story in the Bible where some people were punished. Part of the punishment was removing their big toes, and they were falling all over themselves, okay? You know, you, you, lose, a, uh, you lose something, and you never really know how much you needed it and used it in the first place. And whenever someone doesn't, uh, doesn't give themselves to the Lord to be used to, to uh, serve Him in some capacity, the church, the, the church suffers for that. And, and, it's, and it's, it's a needless kind of lack and suffering that we have and that person have. You know, I've also found that it to, to be true that people who think they have less... And I, and I emphasize that word, think they have less. People who think they have less generally are less likely to serve. And, and we see that in Matthew 25. I won't read it now. It's the story of the, the talents where the, where the master gave one, uh, one talent to one, two to another, five to the other. The, 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 the servants with five and two talents doubled theirs, but the servant who had one uh, did nothing. And, and, and I, think it's, I think it's true that a lot of times we... We say, I, I have one talent. Well, there are things that you can buy and with your one talent that someone with 10 talents cannot touch, that they cannot do anything with. So if you think I'm just a one-talent person, that's irrelevant because what did they all do? You know, five to 10. Well, what's 10 divided by five? Okay, two. What's, okay, the other one doubled his. What's, you know, you know four divided by two, one? Okay, the... The person with one, if they'd have doubled it, they'd have ended up the same way. Okay? It, it was the same, really and truly, for all of them. And, and so it is, it is just as much of a loss if someone doesn't use their one that it is if someone doesn't use their five that God has given them. I, I want to give you a little illustration, and this is kind of a crowd participation kind of illustration. I'm going to give you a sequence of numbers, okay? 
And when, I, when we start, you can just, you, if you want to volunteer, you can just raise your hand or just shout out your response. Uh, I'm going to give you a series of numbers, okay? Now, I have a rule to this series of numbers, all right? And we're going to see, now, don't, don't, if, if you don't get it at first, don't feel bad. I didn't either when I saw this illustration. Uh, most people don't at first. It took me a few, a few minutes to catch on. But uh, I'm going to give a sequence of numbers, and then I want to say, you know, I have a rule that this sequence of numbers follows. And then I want someone else to give me a sequence of numbers, of three numbers. And I'm going to tell you whether or not it follows this rule that I have. And it's just one rule that I have for this sequence of numbers, Okay. The sequence of numbers is 2, 4, 8. 2, 4, 8. Now, I want someone to give me a sequence of numbers that you think follows my rule. Anyone want to try that? Yes, go ahead. That follows my rule. What, say that again. That follows my rule. Does anybody else want to give it a shot? Anybody else want to give it a shot? Yes, sir. 3, 6, 12, that follows my rule. Anybody else want to give it a shot? Yes, ma'am. It's up to you. You, you, you got to tell me. I, I, that follows my rule, okay? Anybody want to try something different to see if something different follows my rule? Somebody give me a, a sequence of numbers you think might not follow my rule. Anybody? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, just shout it out, three, three numbers. That follows my rule. Anybody else want to try, try a sequence of numbers that, follow, that might follow my rule? Go ahead, you know you want to, go ahead. <laughs> Anybody else? I'll, I'll take one more person. Hers, one, two, three, that followed my rule. Two, three, four, that follows my rule. Anybody, have you guessed what my rule is? Tell you what, let me give you three numbers that does not follow my rule. Three, two, one. Have you figured it out? What, what do you think my rule is? Increases. That was my rule. But because my first set of numbers was, as, as you were able to guess, it doubles. Two doubled is four. Four doubled is, uh, is eight. So we assume that it had to fit into this pattern in order to be the correct sequence. How often do we do that to ourselves? How often do we say, wow, 16, 32, 64. Wow, that, that's what that is. That's what that, right that here, two, four, eight. Yeah, that's, that's a very set, it's a very certain. And I have to fit a certain pattern. I have to fit a certain sequence. I have to be a certain type of thing. And God is telling you, no, 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 no. You missed my rule. God is trying to tell us that there is simply one rule. And that is a desire and willingness to do what He wanted to do. We do not have to play an instrument. We do not have to write songs. We do not have to get up in front of people and do things. We do not have to uh, say wonderful things to people at Walmart to, uh, to do what God wants us to do. And, and I'll, I'll get to some practical application. If, if I may uh, briefly share my own personal testimony, some of you have heard this, some of you have not, I've been in children's ministry since about 1992. Uh, for you young people, that was way back in the 1900s, Luke, okay? Way, way back then, all right? And uh, first time I had any involvement in children's ministry, it was actually kind of a disaster. It actually ended with someone playing a, a, a song from a soap opera on the piano, 
Ask me the story. I'll tell you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good story. Uh, but, you know, it, it got better as it, went, as it went along. And, you know, I was, the, I was the talky kid. I was the kid who had very little control, uh, impulse control over the mouth, okay? If I thought something, boom, it's out loud. You know, it's, you ever met that type? They have a thought, and it's out there, okay? And, and I, was, I was that. I won't, I won't, I won't t- say anybody else here, but um, no, she pointed to herself. It's okay. Uh, but, you know, that was me. I was the talker. I was the hyper kid. I was the kid that was just all over the place, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and my, my mother said that even as a baby, I was never still, never. I was always moving, always reaching for something, always going. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of put that into what I do in children's ministry. And so one day I just filled in for, uh, for a Sunday school teacher that couldn't be there that day. You can find your calling just by filling in one day. And, of course, I thought, well, kids, you know, well, God called me to preach. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to preach. That's, you know, pre- real. It's going to be real preaching. It's going to, not going to be to kids. It's going to be real preaching. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. Well, I soon learned that preaching to any age is real preaching. And so I just told a Bible story in my own crazy way, and, and the kids were staring, and they were laughing, and they, you know, they remembered it so much better. They paid attention so much better because of how I did this. And I thought, wow, good for me. But it wasn't until years later where I really understood where this came from, okay? Uh, it's most of you, well, maybe most of you know that I have bipolar disorder. I have Tourette's. I have, you know, hope, uh, E-I-E-I-O, you know, you name it. I, they, there's a phrase in our family, Shannon gets everything, okay? Well, you know, that manic energy, you know, looking back, I was diagnosed kind of later in life, but, you know, Looking back, we thought, okay, a whole lot of things are starting to make sense. And if you didn't know that about me, maybe you're thinking now, okay, a whole lot of things are starting to make sense about this guy. But, you know, that, I was the hyper kid. You know, I was the, I was the, the, the out there, you know, the always just in, talk about impulse, you know, control. You know, that was, that was me. And obviously I had to learn how to be a little more quick-witted. And, you know, because, you know, sometimes when the kid's up here, I got to say something that's just kind of off the cuff or just kind of go along. If they're acting kind of weird, you just got to work with it. And, and uh, you know, all, all those things that I do, it's not a talent. It's not a gift like we think of as a gift. God took what has at times been a very difficult disorder and he turned it in to a gift. He used it for a ministry Don't you dare tell me you can't be used of God because of something that you've got going on in your life that you wish was different. I don't care what your deal is. I say it over and over. We all have issues and we all need tissues. We might as well just be used of God in some way. The wonderful testimony of uh, Alan Oggs. I know you've heard that name, Alan Oggs. Uh, Anybody heard the Alan Oggs? He had, he's, he's been, uh, he passed not too many years ago, but, you know, if you were, uh, you know, alive in the 90s and 80s and 90s, you probably heard him speak, at least on one occasion, he had cerebral palsy, and, you know, he conquered many things, he was a great speaker, when you hear him talk, you know, his speech was a little unusual, it was a little slurred, as it is with that condition, but interesting thing is, that just made people listen more closely. How crazy is that? You know, I can't, I can't talk in public because I don't talk really well. Well, with him, it actually helped him. That's, that's, a, that's a crazy thing. And if you ever, you know, look up his book, Alan Oggs. Uh, he wrote a number of books, but one of them is called you got to have the want to. You, you've got a desire. And, and such a great and powerful testimony that he had. 
Someone even asked him, don't you want to be healed of, of cerebral palsy? He, said, he would say, no, I would lose my testimony. Obviously, I believe in healing, but I also believe that God can take things that can cause lifelong difficulty and give us a, a, a great testimony, a great ministry, do great things with that. And, you know, the things that I'm sharing here are not just for people who have not gotten off the ground. A lot of times they're true for ministers. Uh, you know, if someone who has been in ministry and who has worked in ministry, God might be wanting them to move forward and, and do something new. And sometimes that's very, some, for some ministers, it's exciting. Uh, for some ministers, it's difficult. You know, introverts, again, referring to introverts, um, it's very difficult for them a lot of times moving into something new. A lot of times they may, may even look like they're procrastinating. Well, they're just kind of building up confidence and taking their time. Uh, and so, you know, that, that can be true for ministers. And I know that's been true for me. Uh, you know, I, if you had asked me what my next phase in ministry is, I wouldn't have said me sitting in a chair quietly and not doing a whole lot of moving around. Okay, I, I would not have guessed that. And, you know, I don't claim to be, you know, particularly great at anything I do. But, you know, what I've been involved in lately has been such a blessing. And it's, it's uh, you know, the, looking back, the path to this has been, has been so clear in, uh, in the way that I, I've been able, been able to serve. And I'm not here to talk about, a lot about myself, but at the same time, I will not apologize for what God is doing in my life and, what, and the ways that God can use us. And, um, you know, how do, we, how do we find that gift? Okay, that, that, that is in 1 Peter 4 and 10. How do we find it? What is it? What is it that we do? What is special about me? Okay, well, I call it the three Ds. First, desire. If you don't want to be used, God is his gentleman, and he will say, no problem. I won't use you. You will miss out, and, it's, and it's, sometimes you'll be miserable. Uh, one of the greatest examples in the Bible is, is of course, Jonah. He had already been used, but when God wanted him to do something new and something different, or at least a different area, he ran away from that, and it was just absolute disaster. And, uh, you know, sometimes avoiding what God wants to do with us is just such a miserable experience. And, and we say, well, I just want to do what I do. I want to do what makes me happy. Since when has anyone in the human race really knew what it took, takes for them to be happy, okay? Since when do we know what, what really motivates us? Okay, God, our creator, he knows what motivates us. He knows what can make us happy. And so if we will just desire to do something for God, God, here I am. I, I, here I am. You, you said in your word, your word says that I have a gift inside of me and I'm going to take you at your word. Put God to the test. He will pass every time. So I have a desire. Okay, I want to do this. And then secondly, demonstration. Demonstrate that desire. Demonstrate that faith. Now here's where it can get a little uncomfortable sometimes. Here's where it can get a little bit tedious sometimes. A lot of times when we want to be used, sometimes we'll go to our pastor and, and we say, I, I want to do something for the Lord. What do I do? And a lot of times pastors say, I, I don't know what, you want to, what you're supposed to do. But since you asked, I have a job for you. Why don't you help our, this department with, with this? They need somebody to help out with this. They need somebody. Why don't you help our kids out or, or young people? Why don't you help our prayer group out with this? They're, they've been needing someone. That might not be your area of gifting, whatever he says to do. However, when we do something, when we demonstrate this desire, 
James 2 and 7. What does James 2 and 7 say? Faith without works is dead. Did I give you the right scripture? James 2 and 7. I may have, may have, got, that one, may have got that one backwards. But, uh, uh, but James said, faith without works is what? Dead. In other words, when we demonstrate our faith, we are doing, when we do something, that is faith in action. That is living faith. The woman who, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, she determined in herself, my act of faith will be to get to Jesus and to touch the hem of his garment. And it was uncomfortable for her. It was, it was, uh, she didn't enjoy doing that. I, I, if you, if you, you'd have to know some of the older, old school pastors, if you go to them and say, I want to be used of God, I feel a call to ministry. One of the first things they would ask you to do, do you remember what our, our pastor would ask us to do? Clean, well, I want you to clean the bathrooms for us for a while, okay? And that's a good thing. You know, how dedicated are you to the house of God? They weren't trying to demean you or humble you. They wanted to know, are you willing to do something that you're not comfortable with, something that receives no glory at all in order to do what God does want you to do? You've probably heard this illustration before. A car... If a car is not moving, it cannot be turned. It cannot point in, in any direction. However, once the car starts to move, then it can be pointed in some direction. So when we do something, if it's something we're not, not comfortable with, that's okay. Be uncomfortable for a while. I don't really say this phrase a lot, you know, but you'll get over it. <laughs> it'll be okay. If you hate it, it'll be okay. I, one year, one awful year I was a sectional youth director and I hated it I hated every moment of it that's what I, I, I think brother, I know brother Jake has done that I think he's still doing that I despised it calling pastors asking for money planning these things dealing with teenagers this it was terrible I'm like people do this this is awful and, and one time we were helping a church out in South Georgia and we were kind of rotating ministers because they were going through some transition and their pastor had gotten elderly and he was unable to do it. And so we were basically kind of taking turns pastoring this church for a time and it was my turn. And I went down there and, and, and Dr. Patterson gave me a list of, of this is what you got to do. You got to call everybody. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I thought, pastors do this? This is awful. I hated it. It was terrible. Put me back with the kids, man. I, that's what I want to do. And it's okay to feel like that. If you want to do something and you try something out, it's okay if you don't like it. it be honest with yourself. I'm not comfortable doing this. Don't worry. God will put you where you need to be. And then lastly, dedication. Don't start something and then stop doing it. We need dedication in order to see us through to the end of a thing. We have to determine, we have to say, this is what I do now. And, and that takes time. That takes a lot of time. But, but one of the wonderful things about doing something from the Lord, one of the benefits for the server, is that you will discover things about yourself that you did not know. And it's okay if you have a moment where you think, wow, Hmm, I guess I can do that. That's not egotism. That's not saying good for me. I got you know. I'm, I should be in charge. That's, that's not what that is. It's okay to know that you did something and it was good. It's okay to be involved in something and know that you fit there. I know there have been people who think they're good at something, and they weren't. You know, people who thought they were a great singer, and uh, you know, we they, we had to 
redistribute them, you know, as it were, and, and just ask God to help us. Things like that happen. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get over it. But you will discover things about yourself that are absolutely amazing. And not only that, other people will notice these things about you. Now, if you're the kind of person who enjoys recognition, not everybody enjoys recognition. Pastor hates public recognition, but we do it anyway. But if you're someone who, when you're involved in something and someone gives you a compliment, if that encourages you and that helps you to want to continue forward, that's okay. That's absolutely okay. Now, if you think I deserve this recognition or I'm, I just feel like quitting because I'm not getting recognition, that's egotism. That's not something you want. But if someone says, I appreciate what you do, if you feel encouraged by that, tell them. Say, I, I feel encouraged by that. I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, that that's very encouraging to me. Thank you so much. And you know, so it's so it's okay to give honor where honors do, as the Bible says, because that's good. But getting back to dedication, uh, Proverbs uh, 16:3 says, "Commit thy works unto the Lord. Commit thy works unto the Lord." I, I I've read the scripture before, but I read it today. And it was really right up my alley. I know, folks, I know I get on my soapbox, my mental health soapbox. Y'all just have to forgive me sometimes. But I was reading it. Commit thy works to the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Dedication equals a better brain. How awesome is that, okay? Are, are, are you struggling with some mental health issues? Yeah, we, we all do it sometimes. It may be circumstantial, it may be biological, and, and you know, y'all know me, I, I believe in, in treatment where it's, where it's appropriate and so forth, but when we commit and truly dedicate ourselves to the work of the Lord, what's God going to do? He's going to give us a stronger mind. The, the, the benefits of it are so wonderful and so amazing the results that you see are going to be a blessing to you. And God is going to establish your thoughts. You're going to be thinking the right things. You're going to, you're going to have the right perspective and the right frame of mind about so many things because you have decided to dedicate yourself to the Lord. I said it before. I've said it several times, and I'll say it one more time. It is okay and good that serving not only benefits the people that are served, but also benefits those who serve. If you get a blessing out of it, you, you revel in that blessing. We're not, that's not why we do it. We understand that. Go ahead and stand with me if you would. But it's okay if you enjoy that blessing. I love, I absolutely love praying with people that they receive the Holy Ghost. I, I love that. It, it's, it's a blessing every single time. I, I've, I've shared the story Years ago, we were praying with someone, and you know how we do. We're behind them. We, we're saying all our phrases, and we're encouraging. And then, and then this preacher came along. It was a camp, and, and, and he laid hands on, on the set of word of faith to the young lady. He laid hands on her, and, and, and just boom, she got the Holy Ghost right away. And I was like, oh, man, I want to do that, you know? I'll be honest. Sometimes, I'll be real with you here, sometimes, uh, you know, we've had a, a, it was actually one time Brother Green was here, and the spirit was moving. There was a there was someone sitting about right where you're sitting, sis, and um, and and she was. You could tell she was ready to receive the Holy Ghost. And I was about to make my way, and he didn't, you know, jump ahead of me or anything. He didn't even see me, but he went to her as he should, and he prayed with her, and she received the Holy Ghost. Of course, I'm worshiping, yeah, but at the same time, I was like, oh man, I want to do that, you know. That's okay. It's not for me. It's absolutely not for me, but it is okay that it thrills my soul. 
every time I stand in front of someone and see them filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God created that joy, and I'm so thankful that He wants us to be a part of that. You don't have to be the person standing in front of them. You can be the person that invites them to church. You can be the, church, the person that tells them about the Lord. You can be the person that gives them a word of encouragement. I remember so, so well years ago, I, I don't think any of you here would even know this, this man, but, but Brother Gordon Wright, his father, Elder Wright, started, goodness, a dozen, you remember Elder Brother Wright, or heard, heard the name, uh, started dozens of churches throughout, throughout the area, uh, throughout, throughout Georgia. And, uh, and his son, I went, to his, I went to church with his son for many years, and we were in the altar, all of us were there, and, and um, praying, worshiping, as we do, and, and I just suddenly got a thought, just a simple thought. I thought, okay, I just, and I turned around and said something to him. I just said, you, I just wanted you to know you've been such an icon in my life, and I said some things along the how just... Seeing him serve the Lord has been something I've, I've needed. I, when I thought of it, I didn't, didn't even give it a second thought. I just thought it to say it, and I said it. And he started weeping. He said, oh, you don't know what that means to me right now. Has anyone ever experienced that? When you just said something, you, weren't hard, you didn't think it was hardly a thing, but you just said something to someone, and they just, oh, yes, Lord, <laughs> kind of thing, and and, and they just said, you, ha you have no idea how much I needed that right now. Why? Because God gave you a gift. God said, here's what you can do. Now, often we receive more than one gift, and there are a number of things that we can do. But if, there's, if, if, if your talent is, is, is this many, is one, you use that talent because that talent can do things for us that somebody with this many cannot do you can be a part of the kingdom in a way that I cannot be and I don't want anybody to miss out I don't care what your personality type I don't care what your education I don't care what any of that is it is the only thing that qualifies us is a desire let's quit thinking I've got to be two four eight I've got to be 18, 16, 